Welcome back to Ratchet and Wrench Radio, strategies and inspiration for auto care success. I'm your host, Chris Jones, and today my guest is Spencer Carruthers of Kenwood Tire and Auto. If you recall, we featured Spencer and the shop in the June profile story called The $1 Shop, where we talked about the history of the shop, uh, going from a one-room school to a public library to a auto shop, right? And then uh, we got into the story of Spencer and his wife kind of taking over the shop. Uh, it's, it's a really cool story. If you haven't read it, I encourage you to do so. But if you want the Cliff's Notes and you really want to get the backstory, stick around because Spencer's going to talk about all of that today. And we're also going to dive into EV tires from the perspective of a tire shop and really what shop owners can learn from what Spencer has been learning about EVs and EV tire service uh, and how it can become a viable profit center for auto repair shops down the road. So, you know, come for the story, stick around for the practicals. Here's Spencer. Well, hey, Spencer, welcome to Ratchet and Wrench Radio. Hi, thanks, Chris. Nice to have Thanks for having me. Yeah, so you and your wife, Holly, own Kenwood Tire Company in West Bridgewater, Massachusetts. Tell us how you got involved in the car industry. Like, how, how'd, the, how'd that happen? Uh, totally by accident. Uh, you know, we met um, we met while I was at school in London, of all places. And, um, you know, we really hit it off. And I came back here on a, on a three-month visa. And uh, the day before we left, we got married and we bought a tire shop. It was like that quick. I knew nothing about cars at all. Um, but... Um, yeah, I've learned pretty quick. I'm a quick, quick learner. Oh, wow. That's pretty wild. So you yeah. just, dove, just dove headlong into the industry, huh? Yeah, to- totally. I mean, it was a little bit more than that. I got here and, uh, you know, my, my, my visa was for three months and, um, you know, I was doing some roundabout work for my, my father-in-law, you know, painting the place and this and that and watching how people work. And, um, and then he got sick and then like the, the other, the other siblings really didn't, have any interest in the business at all they were just gonna you know let it pretty much just float away and um so i took a, i took a leap of faith and uh yeah i got married and uh bought the business all at once you know and i uh, never look back it's it's a uh, it's because more well you know how it, it's more of a people business than anything else and um you know the technology is always there to learn but you really can't learn about people you know you have the experience it's better yeah so tell us about the shop like how, how many employees do you guys have uh, tell us a little bit of the data behind the shop. Yeah, so so today, today, I mean, today was an average day. Um, you know, we did fifteen to eighteen invoices. You know, average RO is about three hundred and forty dollars. And um, there's four of us here. The, I work the counter, um, and then I have three three technicians. Um, we mostly do alignments, tires, brakes, oil changes, and you know, batteries, basic maintenance stuff. And a lot of the a lot of the businesses is walk in. Um, you know, we did. I personally probably did like uh, you know three, three or four flat tires today while the other guys were busy. Um, so yeah, I keep it flowing. I pretty, I really enjoy working on the counter. I really enjoy talking to people. Um, some days I have no words left at the end of the day to give. I've given them all and uh, listened to so many stories that I, I really don't have any more stories either. So, but I, I love talking to people. And I love the, I, you know, I just think it's a great business to be in if you like people. Yeah, so your shop has a very interesting backstory, something that we covered in the June issue of Ratchet and Wrench. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, it's got to be one of the most unique tire stores or tire and auto service stores you know you come across. And uh, so basically, the building was built in in, in like eighteen seventies as a as a primary school in West Bridgewater, uh, another part of town. And then uh, later, like nineteen twenties, it became the the town library and. Um, 
you know, was a busy library full of books. And it was probably about a mile and a half from where we are right now. And then in 1962, my father-in-law decided he wanted to get a, a retail location. And um, he saw that the old library was for sale. So he bought it from the town. But they actually bought it for a dollar, believe it or not. Um, they were going to they were going to demolish it to wait, make way for a new high school, and uh, so they were more than willing to take a dollar for it and help remove it. And then, yeah, that day it was January, uh, sorry, December twenty sixth, nineteen sixty two. They pretty much just loaded it on the back of a truck and uh, brought it down the street here, about a mile and a half. Uh, you know, it's thirty two feet wide, thirty four feet tall. So it's it was a project, and uh, pretty much the whole town. You know, it was before my time, but, you know, the whole town came out and watched this thing move slowly down the road to where it is right now. And then he backed it in and, uh, yeah, it, it's here today. I, it, I I love to think of it I, the, as the building that keeps on giving because it could have just as easily been torn down and, uh, you know, reduced to dust. Um, but every day, 15 to 20 people come in here and we service them and it's, it's still providing. And I feel great about that. I feel like it's uh, I'm doing something for the building. Uh, yeah, no doubt. So $1, that's $1. remarkable. Like that's, that's <laughs> unbelievable. Like that someone could buy, you know, a building that he's you know built a nice business off of for only $1. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the building is amazing. If you go up in the attic, I mean, you can see the old construction or you know, the wooden pegs that are driven through the, the rafters and uh, you know, the old square nails that they used um, at some point to do that. My, you know, my father-in-law, Ken Wood, you know, the namesake of the business was um, was a true Yankee. He, you know, pretty much had everything in his top pocket. Um, he, you know, was a depression era, you know, teenager and um, pretty much just saved when everybody else spent. And there really wasn't a lot of money to go around back then. And I remember him telling me a story about he had to save to have his own tooth fixed. Um and back then, we just don't realize how harsh it was. So, you know, when, when he came along and this building was available, he was in a good place to buy it and uh, because he was a saver. And, uh, he, yeah, he was just a great guy. Uh, my, my father-in-law, Kenwood, taught me everything about the business. Um, he, you know, his number one line was, let's treat everybody as you would want to be treated, uh, which we hear from a lot of, you know, people in this business. And it's just so true. Um and that was pretty much all he taught me. I mean, he didn't teach me the technical stuff, um, but it was just about people and uh, making people feel special, uh, making people feel uh, wanted. Um, and, yeah, I just think that I, I get off on that. I get off on the fact that people, I give them more than they expect. And somehow it gives me pleasure. Yeah. So Mr. Wood was an old tire man, though, right? He was an old tire salesman. Who uh, yeah. who bought the building? So so how did he parlay? You know, going from sales to actually running an actual you know full on business. Who who can? The, yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. He just he just loved tires. Uh, his family was always in the tire business. Um, that's how they they made it. And then mostly he's buying and selling you know recaps and tubes. Um, you know, old school stuff: white walls, snow tires, recaps. Yeah. And uh, he just you know he was he just liked to take care of people too. He, you know, we, we were very alike in that way. And, uh, yeah, people liked him. He thought he was honest. Um, and that's how he made his reputation and he was honest and he, you know, we still are. Yeah. So the shop relocated, you know, in 1962 after purchase, how long did it take him to get everything kind of set up and ready to go to actually start taking customers from the time he moved it? I, I think knowing him, it would have been the same day. 
no, and uh, you know, even if he had to be outside doing it in, from the side of a, of a trailer, he'd be doing it. But uh, yeah, he, he added on a little bit later. Um, the, five years after he's here, I think he added on the upstairs floor where he had the tire warehouse. Um, and then downstairs, that's where the service bays are. Uh, it was just tires at that point. He was doing no auto, no auto service at all. He wasn't a big auto service person. I just don't think he ever knew how to do it. You know? Yeah. Never did alignments. Uh, and, you know, until I came along, no, no alignments ever. So he would just sell tires, sell tires, and then, you know, send them on their way. And they'd have to get an alignment somewhere else. And I, you know, twisted his arm and, uh, you know, tugged at him until he finally bought an alignment machine. And then, you know, then we, then we were on our way. Uh, oh yeah. He never liked, he never liked tires. He never liked alignments. He's always liked, you know, he'd like to sell, buy something for a dollar and sell it for a dollar. <laughs> you know, he, he just, he was, he'd like to make things in small increments. You know, another thing he, you know, he taught me was that, you know, always look for the, the, the small accounts, you know, the, the big accounts, the national accounts, the, uh, you know, the guys with 50 vans that you think are, paying the bills, um, you know, something could happen and they may not be there tomorrow and you just lose such a big chunk of your business. So take care of the, the, the individual and let the individual tell other individuals. And uh, that's my, that's totally my philosophy too. That's a great lesson. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a good, I mean, you never know who people are. You just, uh, you know, I mean, I, I do this, uh, you know, every day and, and you just never know somebody new walks in and, um, you don't know who they are. You don't know who they're related to. You don't know how that day is going. Um, you know, all you're there for is to take care of that problem. And, yeah. uh, and then they go off and tell somebody else. And it's just like a, it's a, you know, it's a perpetual kind of thing. Once you get into the groove of, of taking care of people and then telling everybody else, you know, you become, um, you become indispensable and then, you know, the business perpetuates. Right. Now, of course, you know, the shop is steeped in history. Like what, what sort of run-ins have you had with history since you've been in the shop? I know you mentioned, I think I've seen a photo of you like looking at like some actual pencil sketchings in the Raptors. What are some other like neat things that you've seen, you know, in the shop or embedded in the shop? Yeah. I mean, I, I, when I first, when I first, yeah, I, I thought it was haunted. I, I, you know, there was a little corner of the building where uh, the bathroom is and goes upstairs and, uh, you know, it, occasionally it would send shivers down my spine. I don't know why. And I'm not a believer. You know, I'm a bit of a skeptic with that. But I, I felt something. And uh, so who knows? You know, it was a schoolhouse. And who knows the, the shenanigans that went on here. Um, but, yeah, we're actually re renovating the rooms now upstairs and just pulling away, you know, some of the old horsehair plaster to, you know, to do some insulation and stuff. Um, it's just amazing that, uh, that the, the, the methods they used, you know, these, these – the, the 32 foot long, you know, 10 by 10, um, you know, pieces of wood that you just couldn't find anywhere today. And I just, I, I stand around and I'm in awe of this place. I totally am in awe. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd like to work in a, in a, on, in a shop with a, in a store with a concrete floor, you know, our squeaks, it's got little floorboards and every time somebody comes in, it squeaks. I like that little personal touches. It becomes unique. Yes. Yeah, so how has the shop been preserved, like in its original structure and incorporated into the kind of the modern look and feel today? Like, how have you guys like kind of balanced the two of those so that you're not like making a shop that's overly modern, but you still honor a lot of that like historical architecture, that historical feel? And you know what I mean? Yeah. When you pull up to the building, I mean, you totally know it's like it's a colonial shape. It looks like a library and people walk in and, and, and it's just a big open space uh, full of of plants, you know, we're plant lovers. We love cactuses. Uh, we love cacti. We just love all 
all kinds of things that are unique. Um, you know, we did new windows, big, huge new windows um, for the, you know, we insulated the walls. Uh, everything's really like uh, good. You know, we had, we took out the old knob and tube wiring they used to have, you know, um, so we've done some, we've definitely done some improvements, but really haven't changed the, you know, the color inside is yellow, uh, pretty much the same as it used to be, as far as we can tell. Uh, you know, there was no color pictures, but we think it's yellow. And uh, we've just done, like, the waiting room has become, like, a comfort comfort zone for people. Uh, a lot of people wait for service, and we totally encourage that, too, um, because a lot of our services aren't, like, big, long services. You know, you could wait for a set of tires and an alignment. Um, so everything, and everything's got creature comforts. We've got the, you know, TV cable and stuff like that, but it's not in your face. It's not like it's there. And it's and the waiting room is separate to where the sales area is, and um I, I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, you know, I just think it's great for people to have their own space, um, you know, with their own Wi-Fi and just let them relax as much as possible. I have people all the time who fall asleep in the chairs and I have people all the time who come in and do their work here and don't want to leave once the job is done. You know, it's a quiet, quiet space. Um, the ambience is, is, is really good. It's, it's, very uh, very quiet. A lot of people don't get that at home. You know, if you're working from home nowadays, there's probably a lot of stuff going on at the same time. So they come, people come here, and we've got no problem spending two hours waiting for stuff um, because it, it's it's a unique space and it makes them feel good. Yes, yeah, so I, I, I was going to ask you that. I, I imagine people really love the building because I, I I really enjoy like old buildings. You know, I think they're so cool. Like when a coffee shop will open up in like a historic building or something. It's just a, it's just a neat atmosphere to be in. Yeah, it really is. You can really soak up the history too. You know, a lot of places just don't have that kind of like open space. Um, you know, open space with the little lights hanging down. It. We could modernize it. We could put ceiling lights in there. We could, you know, recess lights and stuff like that. But I like it the way it is. You know, um, I, I definitely like it the way it is, and it's it's very unique. And people are just blown away when they come. First time customers blown away when they see this place because it's just unique. And but it's here. It's functional. It's not. You know, it's not a hodgepodge. It's a functional, functional space. Yeah. And have you guys ever met any like descendants of like former school children who may have gone to that school? Like, they- yeah, there was a there was a guy the other day. Um, Billy Wood, his name was. He's actually a, a, a relative of my wife's family um, who remembers going to not his members his aren't going to school here. Um, so he knew exactly where it was. And uh, the, I mean, it was it was a long time ago. I mean, he was he was pretty pretty up there in age. Um, but yeah, it was nostalgia, and uh, it was a, it was a real schoolhouse. And I have a picture of of it when it back when it was a schoolhouse, and uh, you know the kids were all in like the old old timey outfits with the little bicycles, and um, and there's a ghost in one of the pictures too. I mean, you can see it, <laughs> you can see it clearly, Chris. It's like yeah. <laughs> so there's it's a little bit of mystery about it, and that's yeah. I think that's good. I mean, you've got to you know you've got to have something unique nowadays. Um, you know, to to stand out in this business, so people remember you. You know, it's it's uh, people got very short memories when it comes to to, to you know service and tires and you know experiences and stuff. Um, but they remember the building because it is so unique, and and that, I think that's what we've really played on that um, by making it comfortable for people, for making it kind of like historic and so it's memorable. Um, yeah, we've made it like that. So they love it. I mean, some people have shop dogs or shop cats, and you guys have a shop ghost. <laughs> we do. We do. Like I said, I'm a skeptic, and I felt something, so I, you know, <laughs> I don't. <know. laughs> All right. So, 
Oh man, that's great. So let's talk about, you know, the actual shop itself. Like how was that incorporated into the actual like building itself? Was that an extension of the building? Like talk to me about how you guys incorporated and built the shop portion. Yeah, it was. The, you know, the building was put here and then on the back of the building, um, it kind of goes down a little hill. So the shops are kind of, uh, the, the shop is kind of one level beneath, beneath us. And uh, we have uh, three bays, um, three bays, two regular two post lifts. And then we have a, a you know, a hunter uh, alignment rack in the, in the end bay. Um, so there's three bays, uh, three technicians, uh, very fast moving in and out kind of stuff because uh, we don't we don't do a lot of stuff that takes takes time and takes up space. Um, but yeah, we 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 make it fun. We make it very efficient. Um, I try to make it efficient. Um, I, I got no problem working in the shop, you know, when I need to be. And uh, so everything kind of gets done. Light bulbs are changed, you know, because I'm down there helping out. And um, yeah, we like to spend money on equipment. I love good equipment. Um, yeah. I love it. So that that, that shop is, it, it, you know, it's 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 functional, it's modern, um, and efficient, but it's totally separate. It, 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 although it's joined up, it's it's separate. I mean, there's there's a there's a set of stairs going down. So there's the shop that I'm probably on a good day, uh, twenty five to forty times up and down the stairs. So I, I stay fit that way. You know, keeps my calves in the motion. <laughs> but it's an up and down, up and down, um, because the office is upstairs in, in the old part of the building, and the shop's downstairs. And so, you know, there's, there's a lot of up and down, um, but I don't mind it. There's 13 steps on that thing. And I know exactly how many steps and I could do it in my sleep. Um, but yeah, that's part of the job up and down, up and down the stairs. And then the warehouse is on top of the shop and we carry about five, 600 tires back there uh, with a loading dock. Uh, we used to carry a lot more tires back in the day, but um, now it's just, we get delivery so often that it's not necessary. That's a good amount of inventory there. Yeah, we do. I mean, because that's all part of like, to, you know, solving people's problems uh, yeah. I think is having the tire in stock or having the part in stock um, when they need it. Um, instead of, oh, I can get that tomorrow for you and, uh, you know, or oh, I can get the ne- next day or oh, I can get it this afternoon. It's not good enough for some people. Or it's not, not that it's not good enough. Uh, it's not what they expect. They kind of want it like instantaneously, like everything else nowadays. But, and, Providing that's you know providing the the tires is part of solving the problem. Yeah, you don't want to run out of anything, but it's it's become harder. Um, it's become harder to stock stuff that people need. Uh, we carry a you know a line of just inexpensive private label tires that fit most stuff, and then we carry some brand name stuff too, uh, but nothing like we used to. And so how was a? Hmm, go ahead. Sorry. I was saying back you know when I started here, we had probably fifteen. Or, 15 or 20 sizes that covered like uh, 80% of cars, you know, and now we've got like, you know, 80 sizes that probably cover 15% of cars, you know, it just totally, the, the amount of inventory now to, 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 to have is it's just a lot. So I think our distributors do a good job, you know, getting us tires three times a day if we don't have them. Yeah, so being you know being on the tire side, you know, which you know I typically cover like the the mechanical side. Like, what what are some of the what are some of the things that are impacting that side of the industry right now? Are there are the new technologies, are the new things that are impacting how you guys do business nowadays? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously the, the TPMS was a big was a big deal for us, um, and you know we've learned to do that and and um, be good at that. Uh, tire technologies, you know, definitely changed. You know, now the the, the latest trend is the electric vehicle tires. Um, I'm, I'm not convinced that they're 
special or you know or not or they're already being made um you know there's a there's a whole new movement to electrical cars which we really with electric cars which we're really going to go after um not so much in the mechanical side of things but the you know the suspension the brakes uh, the stuff that we're good at that's what we're going to concentrate on uh so evs are a big deal uh, um and we do do repairs i mean it's not like we don't do any repairs but we're probably like i guess 60 percent, 65 percent tires 35 percent uh service and it's just because you know I'm comfortable doing the services that we do. Like I know how long they take. I know what's involved. Um, I was just never a good good person with a technician. You know, that we used to we used to do like timing belts and stuff like that. And I just like did not like that kind of work because I just don't know how to do it. Yeah. So are you guys are you guys seeing an influx in EVs? Are you starting to see more EVs? And we are. Yeah. Those? Yeah, Tesla. So Tesla service around here is is you know it's pretty pretty uh, spotty, um, you know, and, and obviously something like an alignment needs a, needs a specialized piece of equipment to do um, to do those. Uh, so yeah, that and uh, just tire service. You know, uh, the, the having the equipment to service like you know twenty four, twenty three inch tires, twenty two inch tires without you know without any problems. Um, it's nice to have. Uh, we do a lot of road force diagnosis. Um, you know, other shops send us a lot of stuff that they can't fix. Um, uh, wheel runouts and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a good business, and uh, keeping it simple has really helped us, you know, become better at, at what we do. Yeah. Uh, so, so do EVs really go through a lot of tire changes? Like, are you oh, seeing man, are you seeing a lot of repeat customers? Oh, they go through so so tires so fast. Um, you know, a, a set of a set of Michelin Primacy, you know, tires made for 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 a tester. Probably like twenty five, thirty thousand miles would be would be really good, um, you know, with with some maintenance. And you know, they're costing like over three hundred dollars each. So if you own one of those vehicles, you really feel the pinch when it comes to buying tires. Uh, I don't know what's special about them, to be honest with you, Chris. I mean, this is like I said, I'm on the fence with this. I don't know if, for example, like tire manufacturer already makes stuff that's compatible with with electric vehicles, or whether there is you do need a special one. I don't know. Um, so I'm still on the fence with that. Okay. We're learning every day. Every time a car comes in, I'm learning from it. Um, checking out the tires, checking out the customers, see see what kind of maintenance they do. Um, but yeah, stick a, definitely a sticker shock with EV tires. That's for sure. Yeah, I guess that's one of those unexpected drawbacks that really didn't get talked about commercially. Like when they're selling EVs, they're selling you on the hype of you know, oh, well, you don't have to get oil changes. I mean, sorry, yeah, you don't have to get oil changes. You, you know, you're not dealing with gas, but it's all the other intangible things that you're not thinking about, like tires and other yeah, you're things. Not thinking about that, yeah. I mean, yeah. To, to do an alignment on a on, on a on a Tesla Model Three, for example, you know that, that every every uh, every control arm, every tie rod is is covered over with a piece of plastic that's you know got little plastic you know uh, rivets in there. So you know that four wheel alignment can take you know a long time. It takes like two hours. It can take two hours because every time you're going to make an adjustment, you're going to take a panel down and put it back up. Um, it's, it's, it's just a lot, it's a lot more time, time consuming, but, um, I feel like people are, are okay to pay for it because they know they got something special. They got a electric vehicle and, uh, and alignment super important. Well, I firmly believe if you can afford the car, you can afford the tires, right? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. I, I think, I so. think so. Yeah, no, I, I think so. Although, you know, every day that the, the, the sticker shock that people have when I'm, you know, uh, recommending tires or selling tires, um, you know, just a, a Toyota RAV4, which, you know, set of four, uh, set of four Michelin tires is probably, you know, $1,200. And people are like, what? 
what? You know, and, and they immediately think it's so expensive because it just sounds like a lot, which it is, you know, but they've gone up. It seems like tires have gone up like disproportionately to everything else. Um, they went up at least 20, 25% in the brand name stuff last year. Last year. So I, I'm pretty much the bearer of, bre- bearer of bad news. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. and the reactions you get, it's, you know, and they just know, they know that people know there's no, there's not a lot of shopping around anymore either. You know, the, the prices are very transparent um, on a lot of things, um, a lot of tires. So it's pretty much just the service that we, that we capitalize on. Yeah. No, no doubt. I know a lot of, you know, mechanical repair shops are looking at tires as a, as a model because, you know, they're dealing with having to move into EVs and just, well, where, you know, where can we recoup some of the loss and they're looking at tires is that is maybe that place where, where they'll recoup some of the lost income from EVs, you know? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I mean, it's, it's coming back the, the, you know, uh, cause it's, it's pretty transparent out there. Getting into the tire business now is not a bad idea, you know, uh, because the people are going to start going to start going through more tires than they used to uh, and they're more expensive. Um, but it is, it is specialized, you know, you've really got to have somebody uh, available to, uh, take care of a customer's flat tire when they show up, you know, unannounced at, at 10 or 10 30 in the morning when the bays are full. Um, those are the things that, you know, you've got to do to be a, a tire focused business. Um, you know, somebody's got a flat tire, they don't want to come back for it. They want it taken care of like now because they are on their way somewhere. And if, if you can solve that problem for them, then you become the next place they call when they need tires. Right on. Yeah. So, you know, what's next for you guys? What's what, what are you guys, you know, going to be up to in the next, you know, year, two years, three years? Like, where, where do you see your shop going in the future? Um, I mean, I'm happy with the way it is, you know, as long as my, my employees are happy. Um, you know, b- before COVID, we had uh, um, we had seven employees. Uh, we were working uh, six days a week and five and a half days a week. And it felt like I wasn't getting anywhere, um, you know, and then the pandemic hit and, you know, we, we, we lost a couple of employees who really, you know, wanted to go. So they were gone. And then the end of the pandemic, we were down to four of us. And but business started getting really good. Um, you know, we are we went down to 40 hours a week. Um, we went we started, you know, paying 100 percent health insurance. Um, we have three weeks vacation. Uh, we right now we're closing. We're closing at two o'clock on a Friday, which I feel really guilty about. But it's it's OK. And, uh, you know, so we really, we really took a step back, but, but, and I, something I would have never done if I had thought that it would work. I just, I would never have called that, you know, but going down to, to five days a week and having happier employees, um, it's just so much better to work with. Um, it's so, so that's why I'm, I'm going to continue the trend. You know, I'm going to try and keep my stress level low, um, because a lot, a lot, you know, a lot relies on my health and everybody else's here too, but it's all about just uh, keeping, keeping stress level low is the main, that's my goal. Uh, and, and the employees too, you know, they, they're happy. I mean, I thought I would get pushback when you take somebody from, you know, working 48 hours with overtime down to 40 hours. Um, you know, you'd think there'd be a big pay cut or pay cut or, you know, something like that, but there wasn't, you know, we, we managed to, um, stay profitable even with less employees by by specializing the service that we did. So it doesn't matter what you do. I think this, the specialization is important. Uh, you become the go to person for that. Uh, yeah, and then we're gonna you know we're gonna carry on getting more efficient. You know, most of our most of my communications with customers every day 
most of it is is just text now. Uh, very rarely do I, you know, pick up the, the phone and, and take an appointment on the phone, or or it's it's all done online. Um, it's done with text messaging. Um, yeah, any kind of messaging. Like, so I'm trying to trying to become like less uh, less phone facing. Um, because it's just it's a crapshoot. You never know what's what you're going to get when you pick up the phone. True story. Well, Spencer, thanks so much for your time today. It was great chat with you, learning about the shop, learning about you know your involvement in the shop, the history of the shop, and then just really like the direction of tires. I thought that was a really cool conversation. So thank you so much. You're most welcome. I love I love the uh, I love your magazine. I, I listen to the podcast, and um, you know I, I feel like we've all got something in common thanks to thanks to your magazine and your podcast. You know. Um, to quote, I was just listening to, um, was it Alex Dunn from Haley Auto Clinic recently? Yes. And, um, you know, the line that hit me most out of that was that everyone leaves happy no matter the cost. And I just thought that that resonated with me. And I think it probably resonates with like most of the shop owners out there um, because it's just so true. You know, it doesn't matter what you have to do to make somebody happy or to make them come back or to, uh, it, it, it doesn't matter. There's no cost you can put on that. And I 100%, 110% agree with that. So, yeah, I learned a lot from listening to the, the your podcast. I, I, I like the younger energy. Um, you know, I feel like a bit of an old fart right now, but but I I, <laughs> I still I still get excited, you know, and, and I, I still get excited about the business. And uh, until I until I get bored with it, I'm, I'm good for I'm good to stay here. That sounds great. Well, best of luck to you guys. And uh, yeah. yeah, keep doing great things over there. Thanks. I really appreciate it. And that's going to do it for us here today at Ratchet and Wrench Radio. Uh, I'd like to invite you to follow us on our social media channels on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, as well as subscribe to our email newsletter, which goes out daily. Uh, and you can find that at ratchetandwrench.com. That's R-A-T-C-H-E-T-A-N-D-W-R-E-N-C-H.com. And may the rest of your day be the best of your day. And we'll see you next week.